we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hi, guys. I am thrilled to have on the podcast today, Libby Springer. I've known Libby since high school, and I have admired her ever since. She is one of those people who takes action and steers her life in the direction where she wants it to go. She's the mom of three. That alone is a huge job. But add on that, she's a marketing executive, and she owns her own boutique and finds time to read and be part of book clubs with friends and work out every day. She's created amazing systems and set up her life. So not only it runs smoothly, but she makes time for herself and to achieve things that she wants for herself and her family. She's really got it down to a science and I'm thrilled for her to talk about that more today and and share how she does it. I've already picked up on a couple of tips and started implementing them in my life, including meal planning for a big family. Um, she's got some words of wisdom there. Um, also, stay tuned to the end because Libby's got some really great book recommendations that I've already um, gotten. And they're like the perfect transition books from summer to fall. Um, some really motivating and some, you know, like the trashy read under a blanket and a cozy, chilly night. Um So anyway, I am so excited for you to learn so much from Libby, and I'm so glad that she was able to carve out time to be on the show. Um, Just uh, grab a notebook, take some notes, and get acting on all the tips that Libby has to share today. Hi, Libby. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Guys, I'm so thrilled. We have Libby Springer here. She's going to drop a lot of knowledge and and sort of like helpful hints. I mean, I can't wait to get into her story. But um but I Libby and I went to high school together, which is like eons ago at this point. Uh but I have I have followed her like a fitness journey, a career journey, a mom journey. Uh, and so we have lots to dive into today. But Libby, in, in your words, like tell us who you are, where you're at, um, and a little bit more about you. Yeah, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for asking me. I'm very um, honored to be here. And, you know, I definitely don't consider myself an expert in really anything, but I'm always happy to just share you know, what's worked for me or what I've seen work for others. Um, So yes, I'm Libby and I am in a suburb right outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, Like you said, like Shannon said, we went to high school together. Um, So I always say first and foremost, I'm a wife and a mom of three boys. So my, we're actually getting ready to go back to school. My kids will be in, my oldest will be a freshman in high school. My middle will be a seventh grade middle schooler and my youngest will be in second grade. So uh, lots of <laughs> lots of age span there, and I 
have been in corporate marketing and mostly healthcare marketing for um, almost 20 years now, which seems really crazy to say, but I took a little break for a few years while I opened up my own boutique. So, um, you know, I've owned, it'll be five years this September that I've owned my boutique state of grace. Um, and I'm currently back into my uh, corporate marketing position as a director of marketing and communication for a large healthcare system here in Indiana. How do you have time to do all this? <laughs> it's so funny because I get that question a lot. And I always say, well, number one, I feel like it's just, it has a lot to do with personality. Like I'm just somebody who's always loved working. And I think that because I love the jobs quote that I have, um, it's just easier for me naturally to balance that. Um, I also, one thing I always say is, you know, when somebody's saying, how do you do that? I'm like, well, that's just the stage of life I'm at right now. It's the chapter I'm in. You know, I think a lot of times, especially in today's world with social media, you know, it's so easy to see like other, what others are doing. And, you know, we post a highlight reel. I, I use mine mostly for a highlight reel. Um, and it's really easy to compare yourself and say, oh my gosh, well, she's doing that or he's doing that. And I, I don't feel like I'm measuring up like, geez, I'm not doing enough, but it, it's the stage of life I'm at. You know, I've, if you rewind time to 10 years ago, I mean, I had just put my notice in at work saying I wanted to go down to part-time. I had two kids. I didn't have my third son yet. And mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, we all, as you evolve during your life, like you're in different chapters. And so it's never good to compare. I always say, don't compare your chapter to someone else's chapter. Like this is the stage of life I'm in because my kids are older and more self-sufficient. And my husband works from home too, hundred percent of the time. So we can easily juggle this together. Um, but you know, it would be a different story. It was even a different story five years ago. Um, when I went to open the boutique, I knew that I could not balance um, having a full-time job and doing opening up a brand new boutique at the same time. Yeah. 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 Uh, so are you still full time at the marketing role and as a boutique owner? Yes. So I'm full time in the marketing role. And so I will say, you know, having been open almost five years at the boutique, there are yeah. two store managers. So they run the day to day operations. I do a lot of the behind the scenes, you know, ownership stuff, the financials, the reporting, things like that. Um, you know, I obviously help with the marketing also for it, but there's a lot that I've been able to take off my plate. And because I have two people who I trust with everything, you know, to, to run those day-to-day -day operations. So, you know, that took time to build and it wasn't until I was at that point that I said, okay, now I'm ready to go back into my corporate career. And, and it was nice because I could kind of use that time to be, you know, uh, you know, very selfish and looking at only things that I really wanted to do, right. That would work with my schedule. I needed flexibility. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to be, you know, at an organization that I, I really loved and believed in. And so that I waited until the right opportunity came along. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. I want to jump back to a point you were talking about because I actually listened, I was driving with my son yesterday and listened to a podcast and it, it was like finishing up and then it rolled into the next one. So I had no idea what episode was coming next. And it was about someone who wrote a book about personal finance and the comparison culture. And I can't recall the title of the book, but it was all about like, don't look at Instagram at someone who's renovated their kitchen and it's beautiful and, and nice and think like, oh, they have it made. 
you know, she's like the backstory, maybe they do, maybe, maybe they've saved up and, and, and they did it and they're proud of it, but maybe they had to take out a second mortgage and maybe they paid for it on their credit card. Uh, but they just felt like they had to keep up or they were saying same thing with vacations. Like they had to check in at this certain hotel, but they could only afford something else. You know, she, she just kept bringing up this point of like, stop looking at everybody else outwardly, start looking in the mirror and live your life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we can all say too, from our own personal experiences, I mean, the times that I've gone through really hard things, very rarely do I post and and everyone's different, right? I I realize some people are more comfortable posting private things. I tend to be a little bit more private. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sharing everything. And um, social media has, yes, become this comparison. It, it's this, you know, I've always said, I, I love, I feel you can use social media in, in a positive way. It's what you make of it. But over the, I think, especially over the last couple of years, I just feel like it's, it's started trending toward this negative and, and we really have to remember, you know, what we're seeing is just a small snippet of everybody's lives and it's never a good tool to use for comparison. It's funny that you mentioned that because there was actually an influencer I follow who, I'm really picky about influencers that I follow in the first place, but this influencer, I mean, she has a huge following. I think it's over a million um, followers and she is very true to herself. But what was so interesting is, and I didn't know this because I didn't follow her years and years ago, but she just posted the other day about how when she first started, she grew. The biggest time of her growth was when her husband had lost his job. So they had moved in um, with her parents for a little bit and then found a rental that they yeah. were renting for a while. He was finally a few months later able to go back, I guess, to the same position. But during that time, that's when um, they were, she and her daughter were doing these like twinning looks and that's how she sort of took off. Mm-hmm. But the funny part is she said, you know, it was the bathroom where they would always do their pictures. Mm-hmm. It was a carpeted bathroom. She did not realize that that was even, like she said, so many people would message her be like, is that carpet in your bathroom? And like, really just like, you know, they were surprised by it. And she said, but this just goes to show, because of course now she, she lives in a beautiful, big house. She goes, it it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a big house to be successful. You don't have to have, you know, this perfectly staged house to, you know, be be an influencer or to post pictures on Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. I had my biggest growth period when I was just, you know, having fun with my daughter and we were shooting pictures on a carpeted bathroom floor. So yeah, um, goes right along with that message. Totally. And there's like the simplicity of life that sort of gets forgotten. Um, But do you guys, I mean, speaking of like owning a fashion boutique, like do you, how do you guys do, do marketing that like sort of feels good and you're not kind of getting in that comparison trap? You know, so I will say when, when I opened the boutique, one of the biggest reasons, well, there are a couple of big reasons. Number one was, um, I just felt like for me personally at that time in my life, I love shopping local, but a lot of the local boutiques either felt like they were for women way younger than me or for women way older than me. I felt like I just couldn't, didn't find that one boutique. And so that was really my, my goal is like, I know who I'm trying to target here. I'm trying to target, you know, similar demographics when it comes to, you know, where you live and, um, you know, what kind of styles you like, kind of classic, but maybe you're willing to, to try a few trendier styles. Um, so that's really 
you know, where I went with it and, and one of the goals, the other goal being that I just wanted to be able to like be a bigger part of the community and like bring women together in a really positive way. But we really focus on, you know, when it comes to marketing for the boutique, not being part of like every trend. So we, we don't do a whole lot with influencers, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I ran the numbers for a small oh. business like ours. Like it just doesn't typically speaking, I don't want to say never, typically speaking, it doesn't pay off. Like when you actually sit down and run the numbers of the ROI on what you would pay someone, right? And and how many can you actually sell? And, and will these customers become customers, you know, long-term customers, not just make this one-off purchase? I don't care about how many followers we have. I care about how many followers equate to sales. Um, so that's one thing we've always been really big on is not just taking part in every trend or, you know, every marketing trend. TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of boutiques that have like, you know, blown up on TikTok and, and and had a ton of followers. That's not where the majority of our target market is. So we're not going to be on TikTok. It just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, we've, we've also been kind of fighting this whole reels trend, right? Like every, like Instagram's trying to really encourage those reels. And it's like, but it has to feel natural too. And I realize like trying something new, isn't going to feel natural at first, but we do it in a way that feels natural for us. So, um, you know, it's not natural for us to get on camera and dance, but it is natural that we love showing different ways to wear styles. And one of our things we've done from day one before reels were even a thing is show like three ways to wear it. So you take one piece like a blazer or skirt and show like three or four ways that you can wear that. So that's really where we're focused is like bringing bringing value, I guess, to, um, to customers, not just saying, Hey, you really need this, like this really cute trendy top that is now, you know, the most current trend. It's like, no, we want to bring value and show you how you can wear something or how you can pair this with things you already have. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to sort of like building that, that community you were talking about too, because it's like, it's great to have like feet in the door, but are they your customer? Are they going to keep coming back? Are they, you know, going to really resonate with with who you are? I think uh, a couple of months ago, I was like planning a trip to Vegas with my husband. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Urban Outfitters and I'm going to get something really cute. <laughs> I walked in and A, I was like a little horrified by like the extreme 90s <laughs> style. Um, and B, I like grabbed a couple dresses. I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm going to try on some things. Like, you know, it's not that expensive. I'll just, you know, get this like short mini dress that I probably had in high school. Um, and I like looked in the mirror and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have aged out of this and, you know, I don't follow them on any platform and the people I see wearing it are so much younger. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm going to walk down the street to Madewell. And that feels a little bit more um, where my life stage is at. So it's just so interesting to see of like, you know, for a long time, we had all these choices of where to shop and it felt overwhelming. But now I feel, you know, smart marketers like you are like, this is my niche and this is my zone and this is what, this is where I'm playing in. And my audience will will love it and I will get those like long-term shoppers by just staying true to who I am. Right. You can't be everything to everyone, right? And and I think when we first opened, we were try a little bit that way just because we didn't know. You know, we were we we wanted customers come in and tell us like 
show us what you want, right? What do you like of what we have? And we're going to gear more toward that way. But at the beginning, you kind of do try to serve everyone. And it's just not possible to sustain long term if that if you're trying to be everything to everyone. Um, and, you know, we're real big. The thing I love hearing is like, I'll pop into the store once or twice a week just to check on things. And I love coming in when, you know, like the managers are in the store typically like majority of the days and I'll hear them working with a customer and, and, you know, that customer will try something on and she's like, well, I just don't know. I, I'm not sure how. And after a few minutes of really reading, you know, their body language and listening to them, you know, our, our, our managers will say, well, you know what? If you're not feeling confident in this, or at least confident mm-hmm. enough to try it, like that's going to show through, right? So you're not going to enjoy wearing this. It's not about, you know, age. It's like, I will never say, oh, you shouldn't wear something because of your age. But it's mm-hmm. more about if you're not feeling like you in this, if you're just feeling really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. let's not get it. Like, let's try mm-hmm. something different. And so I love hearing that because it's not about the sale, making the sell. It's about making sure when they walk out that door, they feel good in whatever they have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that confidence is going to, is going to shine through and then it leads to more like word of mouth too. Where'd you get that? You look great. You look amazing. Um, yeah, that's great. So I I have another question about community because I think it's often overlooked and wellness as a whole of how important it is to like surround yourself with good people, both in the workplace and in your personal life and and what you're building with your business. Like, can you talk a little bit about the communities that you, you have in your life? Yes. So that's such a great point. I don't know if you're a, a big reader, but I have read a few Brene Brown books and um, she's one of my favorite authors. She talks a lot about just how we were really made to, to, you know, be part of a community. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be friends with everyone you meet, but it, you know, or, or it doesn't mean you even have to be an outgoing person. It's just, we're, we're men. And I think we are wired to, to need one another. Um, so, you know, it's funny because in the past couple of years, obviously it, it was, it was, it's been a totally different ball game, right. You know, owning a store um, pre COVID. I mean, we were, you know, just in our height and had opened a second location five months before the pandemic hit. So everything changed after COVID. I mean, and it was incredibly stressful. 2020 was one of the most stressful years I've ever had. But I will say like, it would have been really easy for me to give up because truly there were some days I'm like, is this stress even worth it anymore? Like, I don't know, you know, I couldn't really say that I was enjoying it at that point in time. Um, But what kept me going was the community. What kept me going is, you know, not just like friends I've made, um, but seeing the friendships that have formed with women who have worked in the store, becoming friends with each other, women, um, you know, that are in that work in the store, becoming friends with our customers. I mean, it's just, it's such a great community and it truly does uplift everyone. And that's the one thing I, I kept saying is, you know, it uplifted me during a time that I really needed it to, to keep going forward with it. So, um, you know, it, we love the fact that it's kind of like, I compare it to like a hairstylist. Like you go to get your hair done and you know, you just confide in your hairstylist. There's something about sitting in that chair and you start talking and telling your personal things. And that's how women feel when they come in the store. And it's just so fantastic to see the, to see that they have that kind of trust with us. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think we, we live our mission out every single day. That's amazing. That's amazing. I was I was talking to a friend recently of um, of 
this, there's like so many studies of the blue zones of the world and these communities they were like, oh, it's, you know, um, an island off the coast of Japan and they have a certain fish or a certain type of potato that only grows there. And for so long they thought this is what is dramatically increasing their lifespan. Like most of the population, there's like one in Italy, one in Japan and one somewhere else. Like everyone lives to over a hundred, everyone. And what they have now discovered is like, it's not about the food at all. I mean, yeah, part of it. Um, but it's about the community. Everyone sits down for meals together. Everyone knows each other's kids' names. Like it, it really feels like everyone's looking out for each other. And that is the piece that is both keeping their lifespan long and like their brain health really with it because these hundred year old men and women like can do crossword puzzles. They can care for the the kids. Like they, they are still cooking and moving around, like very different than what we have going on in the U S at that stage. Um, but it's just so interesting that the studies about community and friendship and like having those deep connections are really, you know, what's, what's keeping us healthy. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that at all. You know, it's, my so we live where we live is about two and a half hours away from you know where I grew up um, and went to school and so both my parents and my husband's parents don't live here they live about two and a half hours away um, you know my brother does live here which is nice so we have some family here um, but really when our kids were little I mean we had no one to, no family to turn to to say hey can can you watch it was no we needed to go out and find our in home daycare that we loved. Um, and we needed to find a preschool that we loved. And both the, our in-home daycare provider and our preschool became like family to us. We yeah. found friends who just like, I had a friend who I met through the preschool who offered because I was going to have to pay for my kids to go to the before school program mm-hmm. for school because I, I couldn't be here to get them on the bus at that point of time in my life. When I was working, I had to leave before the bus came. So and my husband was always gone early in the mornings for work. So um, she offered to put you know, to, oh, just bring, bring, bring him here and I'll get him on the bus with one of his buddies from preschool. I was like, that is so kind of you. And we've become incredibly close. And just as years have gone, it's like, you know, I've be, we've made friends who have become like family to us that are, you know, parents of our, our kids, friends, and they are our village. And I don't know what we would have done without them. Um, this, you know, it's, it's been absolutely life changing to ha- to find those types of people, um, and, and to know that you have someone you can count on and, and it is, it's like, it, we, we look to each other for advice and we know that we can count on each other when our kids are at each, each person's house. Um, there's no worries. And, and it does, it does a lot for, for us. It does a lot for the community to have people like that. Totally. And, and your kids too, they probably are so much more trusting of so many other people and get those different life experiences. And it's yes. amazing. I, I think, I think that's one piece that I, I do miss from back home of like, you know, uh, my husband and I are not from Los Angeles uh, and he's from New York. So he's even further away. And when family comes in, it's sort of like the honeymoon period where it's like, oh, let's play with the kids. Let's give everybody loaded up with sugar. Like, let's not sleep. Cool. That's what grandparents are supposed to do. That's what, you know, aunts and uncles are supposed to do. Um but it's not the same as being able to like, you know, phone a friend. Uh, but I think we, we actually moved in March of 2020 um, outside of West Hollywood where it was like insane and crazy um, to the Valley. And it's been the best move 
However, like for two years, like no one left their houses. So I feel like we're coming out of it. And now with kids back in school and, and all of that, like, it's like, finally, like, I feel like I know the neighbors and can make a phone call and, you know, someone would be here in a heartbeat and, and vice versa. And that feeling, you know, is amazing. And I know, I mean, my kids are much younger than yours, but like, you know, as they progress through school and you're building that community through school, like, you know, you're going to find those people who've got your back all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Once you have that, anything feels like home. Um, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, we're at a point now where it's like this is, I mean, for our kids, like this is their home. You know, we, we've contemplated every now and then um, like, oh, you know, moving not far away, but like somewhere else. It, if we change school districts, like our kids would be so upset. And and I really like sat down and thought about I'm like, oh my gosh, like we'd be leaving our whole village. Like that, that would be really hard for us as parents to do. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah, it's it's nice to like leave it for a vacation for a little bit, but you know, you you need that day to day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about like how 2020 was so stressful for you. How, like 2021, 2022, like coming out of it, like how did you how did you heal? How did you, you know, get the smile and like life back in your face? I mean, you <sighs> you know, I can't imagine owning multiple stores at the, the time of all that and, you know, what you had to go through. Yeah. You know, so, oh, so I feel like I could like literally go on for the whole rest of this session about this. So I'm going to try to shorten it as much as I can. Um, yeah. 2020 was really hard. I will say, so it's funny because before that I was definitely in our marriage, the more laid back one. Like I was like, oh, my husband worries enough for the both of us. Yeah. And I feel like there was like a role reversal. Not that he wasn't stressed at all during 2020, but there was definitely a role reversal where I, and I would say it's, it's still there. Like I am definitely more stressed of a person now than I was prior to COVID. That being said, I mean, you know, 2020 came along. We were all stuck inside. I, I was definitely drinking more. I think for many of us, we did drink more. Oh, yeah. um, and I think what I found is come 2021, I was like, okay, I need to make a change here. And it wasn't just because, you know, I, you know, wanted to lose weight or anything. It was like, no, I just, an overall, like literally need to overhaul my health right now. And yeah. I wasn't, I mean, I was still exercising in 2020. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we had a, a a basement gym because I think that was my saving grace. So for me, exercise has always been about mental health. Um, you know, I like exercising. It is not hard for me to, like, I'm very self-motivated to exercise. Nutrition, um, I'm very knowledgeable, but I definitely have a sweet tooth and have my weaknesses. So I, you know, I know the importance of eating healthy and I do everything I can to, to help our family eat healthy. Um, but that probably declined in 2020. Um, so come 2021, I was like, okay, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not drinking during the week. I am, cause I'm a wine lover. Um, but you know, it, it's very easy to let that one glass become two. And quite frankly, it just made me feel groggy in the mornings. Um, so I was like, you know, cutting out alcohol during the week. And then I was like, okay, um, I went back to the chiropractor. I felt like that was really important. That was something I had done years ago. And I just went, the chiropractor I see is very into kind of like holistic health overall. So I knew they would be doing more than just adjustments. Um, I looked at like a, a macros plan to really help better understand like what my body needed for fuel. 
um, found out I was way under eating on protein. Um, so I changed up some things there. I incorporated yoga into my exercise. So I was never a yoga fan. Um, I just was, it just bored me. I tried multiple, like different types of yoga classes. I think what I found was my sweet spot is Peloton. So I have a Peloton bike. I started doing 20 or 30 minute yoga classes and finding that when I keep it to that 20, 30 minutes, I actually really enjoy it and like it. So um, I started incorporating that with the goal of 2021 to do 100 yoga classes for that year. And I was this close to getting it. The only reason I didn't was because I got really sick at the end of 2021 with bronchitis for like two months. I had bronchitis. Um, And um, had it not been for that, I would have hit the 100 that year. But I think it was at like 95. I was going to say, um, I got really close. <laughs> um, but, you know, I it really was just about, I also ended up toward the end of 2021, went to a hormone specialist. Um, there were just like, I could tell something was off. And I think through all of that year of just making some of those changes slowly, but surely what I found was like the stress, stress um, affects our bodies so much more than what we realize. Mm-hmm. So much more. So, and, and I'm somebody who I used to teach fitness classes. I had a, you know, a fitness trainer certification. I was, I had my personal trainer certification. I'm somebody who's knowledgeable on fitness, nutrition, but like even I did not realize the way stress can impact you. I mean, I just was um, like, I look back at pictures, you know, from 2020, even the beginning of 2021, it's just so much inflammation you know, it, it's not about like weight. It's like just my body was just reacting. So, you know, just learning coping mechanisms for that stress. For me, it's a combination of eating healthy, of exercising, but not over-exercising. And I think that's something else I learned in the last couple of years is, you know, back in the day, like I'm a big lover of running and hit style workouts, you know, interval training. And what I found is like, it's okay. You can do those sometimes, but you need to incorporate some of these exercises that are really more about, um, it's easier on your body, but it's more about your mind. So for me, that's what yoga did. Um, yeah, but that's, I I don't mean to cut you off, but, um, my dad always said growing up, like it's not a workout until you sweat. And Mm -hmm. so it'd be like, jump on the bike, go for a run. Like that'd be the start of a workout. And then anything else would be secondary. But me too, it it took me so long to shift that brain and be like, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. And those workouts are just as beneficial as the others. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes I I feel like, um, you know, sometimes like the, the, it's harder almost, um, especially when you're not used to it. I mean, my balance, you know, was so I've come a long way. I still can't even come close to doing some of these really cool yoga moves. Like I, I have goals one day, one day I'll learn to do them. But, you know, um, the other thing I will say is just like what you surround yourself with. And I, I actually just heard this quote the other day and I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was talking about how your overall wellness isn't just what you consume, eat, you know, what the things you eat and put inside your body. It's also what you consume around you. Who do you surround yourself with? What are you giving your attention and energy to? Um, I will be honest, like we don't turn on the news in our house ever. Um, in 2020, when we were shut down for two months, I had the news on every day because I was listening to these conferences because I wanted to know, like, when are we opening back up? Like, right. I, you know, as a business owner, I'm like stressed out. I'm like, what do I need to plan for? How much longer is this going to be? Are they going to say how much longer it's going to be? Um, and I, I, I have no doubt that that 
affected my mental health during that period of time. So we just, we don't turn on the news because it's mostly negative. Um, you know, it's not that we're burying our heads in the sand and not knowing what's going on in the world. Obviously we, we find our ways to find out, but, um, there's just certain, you know, it, it is, it's about everything that you consume, you know, visually, everything you listen to. Um, and I always say like the things that bring you joy, make sure you're finding time to fit those. in. I love reading. I actually enjoy cooking. Um, I despise cleaning. <laughs> so it's like figure out the things you can outsource <laughs> that you don't like doing, but do the things you to make time for the things you enjoy. Because, you know, I love cooking dinner. Um, I love reading books. And so, I, you know, I try to end most of my days before, right before I go to bed, reading a book at night, you know, before I shut the lights off. Yeah. I, I think the prioritization of everything is so important because, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, are battling like not major things. Like I'm not working with people who have serious medical conditions. They should be working, you know, with a medical team for that. But let's say you're trying to balance sugar cravings and someone's having a really, really hard time with that. You know, it's a, you can't just take away sugar and expect that craving to go away. You know, it's, it's sort of, I mean, sugar, you get addicted to it and you approach it like, like an addict of like, you have to, slowly peel back, but introduce something else. Like, you know, you can't just cut a habit. And, you know, it's also like taking action. And I think like you are definitely a person who takes action to make change in their lives. But a lot of people need, you know, help and steps to do that. Because it's easy to say, I want to do this. But it's Mm -hmm. so hard to actually do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I will say too that I've always been you you when you when you're you surround yourself with people, right? So I've always been a part of the fitness community. So you forget sometimes until you can take a step back that like not everybody has that same knowledge, right? Like like we we may assume like we went to a certain school and we got this certain education and you know we we know how to do this and oh I've been a part of the fitness community, so I've received tips and heard things here and there but not everybody has. And so it's really easy to forget sometimes that like, yes. And, and there are people who are motivated by different things. You know, I have friends who are like, oh my gosh, I could never make myself go down into my own basement and, and do a workout almost daily. Like, how do you do that? I'm like, that's just me. But I have friends who are like, oh, I'm motivated by group fitness classes. So I'm going to pay right for that membership because I know that's going to make me go to be around people and because I'm paying for the service, right? Like I'm not going to let it go to waste. So everyone is different in what works for them. But like, I think you said something really important is prioritizing it, right? Like, and I will say taking it one step further, not only prioritizing it and putting this on your calendar and, and, you know, it's really easy for me. I'm an early workout person. I have to get it done in the morning because between work and my kids, like the rest of my day well into the evening is pretty much taken up, right? It's busy. So if I don't get it done in the morning, I'm likely not going to get it done. And it's really easy for me to some days to just want to turn over and hit that snooze and go back to sleep and get an extra half hour to an hour in. But prioritizing it, you know, helps to make sure that, you know, I am like, I know I'm going to feel so much better. But the one thing I will say is like, you can't expect to feel better. And you can't expect those changes like right off the bat. I think that's the other thing is we're so ingrained as a society that we expect immediate results and immediate, you know, gratification. And it just doesn't happen like that. Whether your goal is just to 
you know, feel better and have more energy. That was a huge goal of mine the past year and a half has been, I need to get my energy back. But whether it's, you know, feeling better, getting more energy, losing weight, building muscle, like that comes over time. I mean, I did an in, so when was it? It was the beginning or no, it's about a year and three months ago, I did an in-body scan. And what that does is it tells you like, it's not just about weight. It tells you like what's your body fat percentage, not the BMI, because that's a really outdated tool that they use yeah. to, to do your BMI, but that body fat percentage, how much muscle mass do you have? How much fat, you know, and it really helps you to determine, okay, like where, like, it's not just, Hey, lose 10 pounds. It's like, okay, you could stand to lose five pounds of fat, but gain five pounds of muscle or, you know, it gives those types uh, much more in depth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so over the course of a year and three months, I mean, I have, I, I have seen such great results like in doing, because I just did another in-body scan, but that's been a year and three months, yes. a year and three months. My body composition has changed, but that's a very, you know, I think most people just aren't willing to wait that long to see those types of results. Right. So that's the other thing to recognize is like, it, this really has to be something you're dedicated to. It's a lifestyle. Like, do you want to be healthy? Do you want to feel good? And whether it's mentally, physically, a combination of it, like these changes have to have to happen over the course of a long period of time. Right. So if, if we're going to cut out news, like we're cutting out news, it's not just going to be for a three month period and then start, start watching it again. Like, yeah, it's everything. Everything just has to be a priority and it has to be long-term. Totally. Which is why bad diets don't work, right? (laughs) They don't work, work, but our culture is sort of set up to, to have that like fast foods easier than cooking. And years ago I worked on this client. I can't say the name, but they were looking for a name and it's a drive-through fast food chain and they were doing a double drive-through and people could pre-order their food and then I'm not kidding. They could roll down the passenger side window and then the team would just throw in the food. And we kiddingly called it throw and go uh, because so much of the country is like that. And they're like, just give it to me. It's easy. I need this quick fix. Um, But, you know, like you're saying, especially with like gaining muscle, that takes everyday dedication with fitness, with food, with carving out the time to do that, to see results. And I don't think a lot of people want to wait for that. And it's so sad because our health is so much more important than what someone would post on their Instagram story. Mm-hmm. You know, like this flash in the pan, instant gratification culture is so tough when our health is actually going to keep us around so much longer for ourselves, for our partners, for our kids, you know, whatever the the home makeup is at home. Um, but it's so good to hear you reinforce of like, it takes work and do the work and you can get to where you want to go. And you may not like it at first, right? Like, like you brought up cutting out sugar, like that's hard to do at first. I mean, your cravings aren't going to magically go away. So you're going to have a, it's just like if, if somebody's told like, okay, you really just need to, you're consuming too many calories and you need to consume less. Well, like you're going to feel really hungry probably the first week or two that you're, you're following this nutrition plan. You're going to have those sugar cravings the first week or two that you cut it out. But the longer you stick with it, the more natural it feels. And then pretty soon you're, you don't feel hungry. And pretty soon you don't have as strong of sugar cravings but you have to get over that hump first. So you have to, it's like doing the whole 30. It's like, 
you do it yes. first, the first two weeks are just awful. And then you become this, like terrible person and you're like, I need this. I need this. I need this. Then all of a sudden you feel like elated and you're like, why would I ever go back to eating this way or, you know, being this way? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it takes work and time and sorry, there's it's, a cool guy. It's right funny there. because, oh, sorry. I think you cut out there. Oh, our um, our pool guy just arrived. So if you hear <laughs> some noise, uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I was going to say, it's funny. Nutri- so nutrition-wise, you know, I'm a big believer. I'm sure it probably has to do with just, I have three boys who eat us out of house and home. Like, I have to be somewhat structured when it comes to what we're spending our grocery money on because I'm like, oh my gosh, otherwise I could spend even more money than the ridiculous amount that we already spend. And we're not big on like, we, we may on the weekends, like order out or something or go out to eat, but like one night, but for the most part, we cook at home. We have meal, you know, dinners together at home. Um, but I will say that the, um, you know, I tell my friends and they, they all know this about me. Like I schedule our dinner. So like, I know what we're going to, what I'm going to make for dinner for the whole week. Right. I have a little menu board on our refrigerator. So the kids know what we're going to have each night. And then when I do my grocery shopping, typically I'm ordering it and going and picking it up and doing like the click list. Um, but that's how I shop. I, I make my ingredient list based, my shopping list based on like, okay, I need these ingredients for these recipes. Sometimes I might even like pre-make lunch, my lunches or breakfast so that it's a quick grab and go for my, you know, really busy days. Um, I make sure, you know, I have all the kids lunch stuff and you know, my friends are like, some of my friends are like, I don't know how you can do that. Like how you are able to like plan that. I'm like, I don't know how people don't do it because I feel like if I didn't do it, I would just like go grocery shop and be like, I don't know, I'll buy some chicken. I'll buy some bananas. I'll buy, and like, then I get home and I would have spent, you know, $300 and not had anything to actually make a dinner. Not that it yeah. needs to be anything, you know, complicated, but for me, I'm like, it, it makes me feel better knowing that I have like a plan of action. And so, you know, when people talk about like meal prep, I'm like, it's really just me saying, okay, I want to make sure I'm not overspending for groceries and that mm-hmm. I know what I, what I want to get. And it doesn't take time to basically say, okay, five or six nights of dinner, here's what we're doing. Um, I need to make sure I have everything, you know, for those dinners and then everything else is just kind of like, okay, the general, like, what do we need for breakfast and lunch? And, um, but yeah, it's a lot of, I, I'm amazed at the number of friends I have who have large families, like lots of kids and they're, they are able to just walk into the grocery store and do, I'm like, that's, I can't do that. <laughs> no, and it feels like they'd have to go multiple times a week. Like, yes. I mean, I think we don't, we do a lot of meal prep on Sundays and then I try to try to freeze often like one night a week we have to do takeout because we don't have time. We run out of time in the day, but it's so helpful to have things that are cut up, that are prepared. You can grab and go. You can kind of, I I call them like boosts and combos. Like here's a couple of things that are like super healthy. You can add to this and here's some couple combinations that work. And like everyone has everything they need. And, you know, even if I can't be there to cook dinner, like there is dinner there and everyone can figure it out. Um, but it it's so hard to even think about doing that with without a plan. Otherwise, like it's just like on the phone, like oh, Postmates, oh this, oh this, and like 
that becomes a hundred times more expensive than actually meal planning. Oh yeah. I like dread, like it's so fun when we're on vacation and we like go out to dinner as a family, but I'm like, oh my God, we spend so, it's so expensive for a family of five, especially with three growing boys to, to eat out. So, um, I will say finances definitely, you know, help me stay motivated (laughs) with planning our, our menu for the week. Totally. Your present is my future. So (laughs) I I am learning very quickly how, uh, how much boys eat. I mean, I, I, I work out, I eat a lot. Uh, but even my youngest son, the amount that kid can put down, I'm like, Oh my gosh, when you were in high school, I'm not sure what we're going to do. (laughs) I'm not sure. I remember when my oldest was one and I think, I mean, we would have family members just watch him in amazement when I would make homemade pancakes because he would eat probably five of them at one year old um, in one sitting. And they're like, I cannot believe he's eating that that many. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned books. What what What's on your bedside table, like anything you're reading now that you're like, everyone should be reading this or anything you've read in the you know past couple months? Oh, yes. Like, I feel like so I on my Instagram, I have like, um, on my highlights, I have a books highlight. And then I had to start a new one because there were just it got so long with so many highlights that but then I have a books 2022 highlight. So this year, I'm not doing as good as I as I did last year. Last year, I read like 20 something books, which is pretty good. This year, I think I'm on like book seven or eight. Um, I do a combination, really. And I usually have two books going at once. Um, because one will be more like, I don't want to say motivational, but you know, nonfiction. I typically read a nonfiction and a fiction. So the fiction is like more fun, um, more, you know, lighthearted, kind of like watching like your favorite trashy TV show, you know? Um, So, and I actually just started, so our State of Grace um, boutique, um, we had a couple models and our two photographers who wanted to start a book club. So it's myself and one of our managers and then our two photographers and one of our models, we just decide each month what book we want to read. And it's typically an easy read, like fiction book. And then we, it just gives us an excuse to go out one night a month, talk about it, you know, over drinks and appetizers. So that's been really fun. We just started doing that. Um, I will say I'm a big fan when it comes to fiction of Elon Hildebrand books. So if you're a fiction lover, um, those are some of my favorite, like just fun novels. She also does like a, has a couple of like series. And like, if you start reading a lot of her books, you'll realize like this, some of the same characters are in different books, but just in a different way. Like sometimes they will be the feature character and then other times we'll just kind of be in the background of a different book. So, mm-hmm. um, I like her books mm-hmm. from a nonfiction. I would say, like I said earlier, Brene Brown books, I think are really interesting. I, she puts a lot of data and research behind her books. Um, so I don't feel like it's necessarily anything new that people don't know or haven't heard, but there's just more like research around it, um, more fact-driven. Um, one of, I also love Bob Goff books. So I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's no, like- No, I'm not. Tell me more about him. He, he writes, he's a, he comes from more of like a place of, fit, of strong faith. And, yeah. you know, I won't say religion because he's not, I don't, wouldn't necessarily call him someone who's religious, but, you know, he really just preaches kindness and um, living a world, you, you know, living a life that is all about um, being kind and loving others. And I just think it's so practical what he says. Yeah. And it makes you kind of like, 
take a step back and, and think about just your actions toward others, and especially those who believe differently than you, which I think a lot of us could use right now um, in this day and age. But um, so I, I'm reading one of his, his new book is called Undistracted. So it's really talks about all the distractions in our life and, you know, um, the benefit of recognizing what those distractions are and being able to step away from being distracted um, and really focusing on what matters. So um, that's my nonfiction that I'm reading. And then the fiction that I am um, getting ready to start is called like The Perfect Marriage, I think. So um, does it have the blue cover? Oh, no, no. That's American Marriage. Okay. So it's it's a total. All I know about it is it's about a man who's married to an attorney. Um, he has an affair. His mistress turns up dead, and his wife has to defend him <laughs> and save him. So it sounds really interesting and totally trashy. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm actually finishing a book right now about. Um, it's a true story, and it was actually one that I listened to a podcast. So I don't know if you've ever listened to American Scandal. Do you listen to that podcast at all? I, I know what it is, but I haven't listened to it. So I guess the best way to describe it is they just, they have many series and it's, it's typically like four or five podcasts in a series that talks through a story that of something that's happened in American history. So, but it's a scandal. Yeah. So yeah. like w- Watergate was one of them. They have some really, really good ones. A Lance Armstrong story was one of them. Um, really interesting. But there was one I started listening to, and it was about the, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, the um, Osage or Osage um, Indian group mm-hmm. that, um, this was back in the early 1900s, there were, they were being murdered. And because they, so they, the land that they were on had oil, um, they, were, they were on land that had a lot of oil underneath, so they all became really wealthy and rich. But it is the book, so I listened, started listening to the podcast. Yeah, got really into the first episode, and then to listen to the rest, it said you had to download a different app and pay for it. So I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that." Um, well, come to find out, I knew someone who had a book that was all about this. So oh. I'm almost finished with the book. I will say it is so good, so infuriating to read, like just the course of American history, like what happened to this group and what you know what people were able to get away with for so long. So I haven't finished it. I'm hoping and praying that these, these men get caught that, um, that did this and treated them this way, but um, it's a really good book. So I could go on and on about books for hours. <laughs> yes. Um, if you guys finish this other marriage book, I have to recommend the American marriage. Okay. I'm writing it down right now. One of my all time favorite books. Um, and I think it got picked up to be in like, after it came out like a year or two later, then it got put in like Oprah's book club and Reese Witherspoon's book club. Um, it is so good. Is it fiction? It is fiction. And it's okay. just the complexities of marriage through time and uh, in the South at a time where, you know, there was some unrest. So okay. highly recommend that. Uh, I have one last question for you. And it's what I ask everybody. Um, a girlfriend of mine in college, we started this, like, if you had a button to do whatever it was, what would it do? And it's so silly. Like, everyone's answers are always all over the place. So I'm curious to hear yours. Like, if you had this button with you at all times, you could press it and something would happen, what would be your dream? There are, I feel like there's so many things, right, that I'm sure everyone has a hard time, like, giving one answer to it. Yeah. yeah. You can give it. So, 
that's totally fine. I would say if I could push a button and make it do something, I would probably make it like a traveling button. So like I push it and I just appear wherever I need to be. So no more flying, no more driving long distances. Um, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I always try to also analyze. So at my my corporate job, like we have someone on our team who's really good at like analyzing everybody's answers. And she always asks these great icebreakers during our meetings. And um, I feel like if I was to to analyze my answer, mm-hmm. if somebody else gave it, I'd probably say it's probably, it's about time, right? Saving yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like that for me, I think time is like the most important thing out of, you know, the most important thing we have. Um, so to be able to save time, I think would be so, so great. But yes, just to push that button and I show up in Florida t- in about two minutes. <laughs> Let me analyze your answer a little bit further. I think what you were talking about, you know, right in the beginning of our podcast of like stress and like you, you eliminate the travel stress. You don't yep. have to worry about getting all the boys in a car, on a plane, on anything. You are making it easy on yourself and them. Yeah. It, no, totally right. I, and I'm not like I fly. I wouldn't say a lot. Um, I, you know, I could probably get on a plane at least a few times a year, um, but I don't enjoy it. I don't like the process, right, of of having to drive to the airport and check in and wait in line and get on the plane. Like, and plus, you always deal with the stress, right? Nowadays, of flying, I'm not knowing, you know, are you going to be delayed? Are you going? Is your flight going to get canceled? So yes, I think you're right. Like the stress of not having to deal with with flying plus saving all that time. Mm-hmm. That's what my button would do. <laughs> nice. Oh, now I'm dreaming of a vacation that is not, <laughs> but there needs to be. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Libby. This is an awesome conversation. I feel like we can keep chatting, but I know you have a million things to get back to. Um, But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I look forward to listening to all the other podcasts to come. Yay. There's some fun guests coming. So uh, stay tuned. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll just end. this episode of a side of syrup if you love this episode as much as i did head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one also if you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general send it to them too thank you new episodes go up on tuesdays thanks for tuning in i can't wait to hang out with you again soon 